It's another normal day for all of you ear havers out there. Psych, there's another episode of the Probably Bad Podcast, so strap in. Brought to you by our patrons, especially Scribbles and Carl. Hello and welcome to the Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil and my voice is weird apparently. I'm Paper and you sound normal to me. Going um... insane, okay. <laughs> Today's Probably Bad RPG idea is... Five-year-old Paladin has a very firm stance on the proper sharing of toys. It's just adorable, I just love it. Probably shouldn't be fighting like ogres, but... Yeah, see, my brain didn't go in adorable direction. My brain went in, oh, this poor, tragically orphaned five-year-old paladin, who it turns out is orphaned because he smote his parents for giving him a bedtime. Hmm. Like, I think... So, what would lawful good be like for a child? Because I guess that would just be being very obedient to your parents. Yeah, so I think it would be like your parents are like you can stay up past bedtime and you're like die heretics and smite them with an axe. Yeah. Five year old anti paladin, I think, has a problem they can't really be distinguished from a normal five year old. Just a normal five year old with magical powers. That is true. So because, yeah, I was going through this. You could have a sorcerer five-year-old. Because, mm-hmm. you know, their powers are innate. Yeah. You can actually have, under 3.5 rules, you can have a paladin um, paladin five-year-old because their powers are, in fact, innate. They are chosen at birth as servants of the gods. And it's a bit of lore that absolutely everyone ignored because it doesn't make any sense. But in the actual 3.5 player's handbook, paladins are chosen at birth as servants of the gods. I feel like you could do it in 5e as well, as long as you had a chaotic enough god. You know, this five-year-old has said that they will love me forever if I give them the power to beat up the school bully. So I'm gonna. Yeah, I guess, yeah, clerics, paladins and warlocks can all be whatever age you like if the gods are willing to give power to, like, a child. If anything, I think those are the classes that are most likely to start young. Hmm. Like, I don't think you could... Like, I guess you could have a wizard child if they were, like, one of those child prodigies. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, how's you had Mozart go in and play, like, better than everyone else at five years old? You have, like, a five-year-old wizard who's just like, yeah... It's just I the understand. fantasy equivalent of those little kids that do, like, university classes. Yeah. Um, fight Barbarian, I feel, is most childs anyway. Yeah. Childs is the plural of child. Um, a fighter is when you take your chaotic barbarian child and put them in a karate class to use up hmm. some of their energy. Also um, works for monk. Yeah, rogue. Again, most children. So yeah, you can have an entire adventuring party of just five-year-olds. Morally, you shouldn't, but you can. Who's going to tell the five-year-olds? Yeah. But our focus is paladins for this one. Yeah. Like, because I think, like... I think we've brought this up before, but, like, a paladin whose oath is, like, you know, 
always eating their greens and going to bed on time. Mm-hmm. Is is certainly a concept. But there is also the thing of, you know, the idea that little kids have an innate concept of fairness, which is then taught out of them by experiencing the real world. Yeah. I like the idea of it being this five-year-old is legitimately, like, the most moral person yeah. in the party, just because they haven't they haven't been socialised out of it yet. Like, I actually like we'll share all of the gold equally, and we'll make sure we make food that everyone likes while we're travelling, and we'll take mm. turns picking the inn. I actually really like the idea of, like, yeah, this is a child who has a very black-and-white view of the world because... They were never taught that life shouldn't be fair and good for everyone. And, you know, there's something quite heartwarming there. Hmm. I support them. <laughs> but unfortunately, we are probably bad RPG ideas. I mean, I feel like the probably bad comes in with the black and white thinking when stuff is legitimately morally grey. Hmm. Like, hey, this is a situation where we cannot do what is best for everyone because some people have conflicting needs. What do you do, five-year-old? Put them all in time out until they stop having conflicting needs. Do five-year-olds have a concept of the paradox of tolerance? Um, probably not. So that's going to probably come up. Like, if you have any five-year-olds listeners, ask them whether they understand the paradox of tolerance and email it into us and then we'll redo this episode yes absolutely <laughs> tell us if you have a child that understands the paradox of tolerance in the, remember to teach your children advanced moral philosophy just in case a passing angel makes them a paladin i'm not sure i'd call that advanced moral philosophy i mean it's more advanced than a five-year-old maybe argue intermediate but still not really true because isn't the paradox of tolerance basically don't be nice to the bad people or it'll be bad for the nice people? Yeah, basically. I mean, it gets into discussion as to where you draw the lines and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd say, yeah, starter to intermediate. I learned it in college. So I'm going to say starter. I learned it on Tumblr. Remember, give your five-year-old unrestricted access to Tumblr in case they become a paladin. I guess I think I understood it anyway, but I learned what it was called on Tumblr. Tumblr Paladin. Oh, God. Oath of Tumblr. Smites people by putting them in the horse plinko. But also, <laughs> I do not want to get too far into this because we will alienate listeners. Uh, yes, uh... Tumblr oaf or someone who has done nothing wrong, please continue to listen to us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think like the other question is, you know, you are going to have to look after the five-year-old. Yeah. Like, you can't just let a five-year-old punch a dragon. That's unethical. Well, no, they're a paladin. They'll probably chop the dragon with the sword. Yeah. But like, you know... Sure, they've got magic powers, but it's still a bit unethical. So, what if the child's parents consent? Like, I feel the child needs to consent, but also I'm not sure the child, like, is in a position to grasp what it is consenting to. Yeah. 
Like, I'm, I think... I'm not sure you can argue, like, in court that the five-year-old consented to the life-threatening situation. I think the only way it would work would be if the monsters were in on it. And you were, like, trying to raise this child to be a mighty paladin. So you were bribing or persuading monsters to, like, attack you and then throw the fight. So it's basically yes, a long... Convoluted... To build experience for the child. Yeah. XP farming with my five-year-old. Yeah, basically what you do is you go to, like, the orc ward, like, hey, I'll give you all this gold if you pretend to attack this five-year-old. And then the orc goes, what the fuck are you talking about? And, and then, then you have to text the gold. Yeah. And then you have to explain that angels showed up and made you take this five year old on adventures. Why do the angels not help? Are these angels deadbeat stats? Yes. The child is an Asimar. It just hasn't come up so far. <laughs> yeah, just this angel shows up to you and is just like because like if you have Asimar as like descendants of angels. I like it if like it's a nasty like it's a nasty divorce between the angel and the human, and it's just like, yeah, it's your your week to look after them. Here's an here's the angel child. <laughs> I'm not kind of curious how split custody would work in a D and D game, like in an adventuring party. Like you have like you need to complete the adventure over the weekend before the angel shows up and takes them back up to Mount Celestia. Yeah, like, theoretically, you just take the kid on a bunch of one-shots, but they keep stretching out as one-shots do, and then you end up being prosecuted for kidnapping, and it's just a whole thing. I like the idea of just, yeah, intermittently an angel will show up, throw you a five-year-old, and in any campaign, maybe the angel's lost. I guess there is also, like, if the angel shows up wherever you are to give you the child, they can probably pick up the kid as well. Hmm. Yeah. Like, because, you know, all humans look the same to angels, so they just show up and like, okay, here's your son, and fly away. And you're just there like, what the fuck? Who is this child? What was that? <laughs> the, you need to f arrest the angel for kidnapping, because it's just giving this child to random random people on the assumption they're probably the human it married. It's 20,000 years old. I don't think that's kidnapping. It's definitely something. Abandonment? Possibly. It's, yeah, it's just like the opposite of kidnapping. The actual human died like 30 years ago, but it, it doesn't know how long humans live. The child just remains five because it is unaging in yeah. the ancient world. An aging paladin five-year-old who's randomly dropped off in your party and you need to give them an adventure or the solar will smite you. There was a tantrum because his favourite book series was discontinued centuries ago <laughs> it, it only wants one specific food to eat but that food has not been made for five generations and you need to find a lich who was a chef at the time that it was made and get them to rebuild re-like make make one presumably the sequel quest to that is but this ingredient is extinct go find the next best thing mm. You're a necromancer and you just reanimate, like, extinct ingredients in order to serve them to this child. I think this child is becoming more and more of, like, a godlike figure. Yeah. Like, I think, yeah, we've gone from child paladin to, like, child demigod who you have to look after. Which I do quite like. 
you go see the king and he demands his crown as a toy, so you need to get the crown. The angel shows up, takes the child away, and you have to deal with the subsequent war. Because a battlefield is no place for a five-year-old paladin or not. True. Like, I think we've come up with... um Something. We've certainly come up with something. But yeah, like, I... I feel like it depends. I feel like it does vary a lot based on whether or not you are, in fact, the um, ex of the angel. So you do have that whole awkward conversation with your ex who is eight meters high and glowing. Mm-hmm. Versus whether an angel has just dropped a godlike five year old in your, in your party. Cool. Uh, shall we move on to questions then? Sure. So our first question is anonymous. Okay, so like, my party is doing a campaign. I suppose we're a friend of mine. He gave a better idea for a big bad evil guy I originally had planned. It's fucking perfect. The problem is, I'm not sure I'd be able to do it justice. He knows how DMing works and being's pretty hyped. Would it be weird if I brought in a guest DM? Like, I do the instruction finale set myself, but I was thinking about, helping him have, about having him help me with the end. Is that a good idea? I feel like this depends on a lot of factors. Hmm. But let's disregard it and make broad sweeping answers i think the way you do it is to avoid it being weird have a guest gm for each of the um each of the sessions leading up to it but a different guest gm so you you just abandon dming it at all and just have different people come in and run your game yeah what, yeah the G- dming tip don't pay someone else to do it instead um, like the idea itself, I don't think. Like, I think it'd be a bit weird to just have another person GM the finale, but I don't yeah. think it's a bad idea to have someone helping. I think the thing is, like, the core issue of this seems to be that you are not confident in your DMing abilities. Yeah, and the way to become more confident is to do it. Yeah, I think what I would suggest to give an actual genuine answer before I devolve into madness, um is do it yourself, because partly it's very likely that you'll do better than you think. And ask um, the guy to give you advice on how they'd run it, rather than letting them do it themselves. And just leaving your campaign. Yeah. My my goof advice... Yeah. Leave your campaign. Is to have them come in and just play the big bad like it's another PC. Yeah, just just like what you do is you can write down the big bad evil guy on on a piece of paper, hand it to the players, and like, yeah, go find a GM who can GM this. Write down the big bad evil guy, put it in one of several little plastic eggs hide them around the room and whoever finds that one runs the the finale <laughs> make a pact with satan to get the big bad evil guy physically manifested in real life and have them play themselves i am also curious like you say that the big bad that the that this person came up with is better but like i have to assume you have been building up to a certain thing yeah like, I I don't think it's a good idea to just go, well, I was building up to this, but this sounds cooler, so I'm going to do that instead. Because that is how certain franchises work, and it's not good. 
Do you want to be the MCU of RPGs? I mean, you would you would make a lot of money, to be fair. I mean, I feel like Critical Role is creeping that way in terms of just like franchiseness. Would Don't get me like... wrong, I enjoy Critical Role, but it's getting to be a lot. I was going to ask, would you like to be the Critical Role of RPGs? And I realised that's probably not the right question, because the answer's probably yes. Also, I think Critical Role is the Critical Role of RPGs. <laughs> would you like to fight Matthew Murtha with your own two hands and steal the Critical Role crown off his bloody corpse? If you're listening, Matthew Murtha, would you like to do a crossover? To be fair, I do have an actual Play-Doh. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to fight Matthew Mercer until he is forced to be on Mod Paper's, crit- or Mod Paper's actual play? This is called Tales of Morterra and releases on the Wednesdays that this doesn't. Just saying. Um... Would you like to be our hit person against Matthew Mercer? But yeah, I think I think my answer to this question is it wouldn't necessarily be weird if you brought in a guest DM. Like, it'd be a bit odd, but I think weird might be a bit far. Would it be a good idea? I think I would say no overall. Yeah, I would. I think you probably need to be more confident in your own GMing. And even if it does go badly, you build experience. Yeah. Like, the only whether, way you, whether you win or up. lose the encounter, you build XP. That was actually quite a nice metaphor. Uh, feel free to come up with another one involving footballs or something if you want. Um, our second question is also anonymous. How do I incorporate weather into my game? One of my players is a Tempest Cleric, and I'd like to have Storms Matter. Have you considered occasionally just standing behind them with a watering can? Yeah, just, just get like one of those big industrial fans and blow it directly into your player's face every time they use uh, their Tempest magic. So in terms of in-game stuff, mm-hmm. every two rounds have all the characters struck by a lightning bolt. Is this in and out of combat? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, so the obvious way is, you know, there's various penalties you can give to, like, sight or, you know, using fire or ranged weapons. Like, you know, I feel like it's I think I generally go with a more freeform, like, if this is something which would reasonably be disrupted by there being a storm going on, you take disadvantage if there's a storm going on. Yeah. Possibly if you're a Tempest cleric, you could say, okay, it doesn't apply to cleric because, you know, the god of storms is on their side. You could also easily have, like more setting defining stuff like you cause a storm and then that causes a flood in the town and that has knock-on effects i like that i think i think my main thought is that like tempest clerics do already get stuff Mm. but maybe they get advantage on thunder and lightning type stuff if it happens to be stormy that day or something yeah I mean, the main problem I would have with that is that it does, given the GM has total control over whether it's stormy or not, it does get a little bit, does the GM want to give these people help or not? But Unless you have what I have, which is I have both tables to roll for the weather for each day 
and I use Fantasy Calendar, which has the option to randomly generate weather. Actually, that's not a bad idea. Which is also quite fun for flavour, I have to say. It's just like, oh yeah, it's it's raining today. Everyone's miserable. Yeah. And like, I think like, also if you did that, like you could, because I like the idea of clerics getting just minor buffs due to the storm being on their side. So maybe you're not completely immune to things. Maybe it's like you're dry while everyone else is soaked with the with the rain and all of that kind of thing. Oh, just like flavor stuff. Yeah, just flavor stuff of, and like you could do those with other clerics too. But yeah, just the storm is. And also, like other characters with weather, weather shaped abilities. That's not the phrase that I wanted. Weather themed. Yeah, because you have like storm sorcerers could have yeah. a similar thing. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like that kind of fluffing is often lost in D and D, but mm. like you know the idea of like a wizard who can just like wash up with a spell. This is my opinion that like prestidigitation should just be available to all wizards. Just minor innocuous spells you learned while you learning magic. We'll say I do often pick it when I do wizards for that exact reason. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, of course you would have picked something that's just helpful in your day-to-day life. Yeah. That and I like saying prestidigitation. It is a good word, prestidigitation. But yeah, I think so yeah, I think I would go with for the actual idea minor fluff like things like that may bonuses if there is a storm going on, if that's randomly rolled and you know, just normal, reasonable mechanical effects you'd expect if there's a storm happening. For bad ideas, your character can only use their powers when there's a storm happening. Otherwise, they have no abilities. Your character acts, acts as a lightning rod. <laughs> as in, all spells go towards that <laughs> character. Your character acts as a lightning rod in that your party is immune to immune to bad weather if they tie your player to the top of a tall thing like a caber in a bag of holding to tie the, the tempest cleric to in bad weather yeah when your when your tempest cleric dies they turn into a thunderstorm actually that's quite cool that's just fun flavor yeah what about disadvantage like Disadvantages when it is storm when it isn't stormy, like um, hmm. you know, like the bright light sensitivity that kobolds have. Yeah, give them that. They don't. Yeah, want, they don't want it to be sunny. Your character can only see in rain. It's the worst kind of low light vision. You can only <laughs> see in low light. Like not even not even only see in low light. Only see in low light due to a storm. Like looking up at the clouds, like, hmm, is this gonna count? Can you see, Dave? Dave's tree. <laughs> Your character can predict, can like um, flawlessly tell what the current weather condition is, despite not being able to see unless it's stormy. Yeah. See, it's magical. <laughs> Your character always knows exactly what the humidity and barometric pressure are. Your character only exists during storms. <laughs> Your character is a sentient lightning bolt. It causes yeah. a lot of problems, honestly. Like, you keep causing fires. They're technically with the party, but they can't do anything unless there's a storm going on, at which point they pop into existence. 
and have until the storm stops. Which suggests that you're just haunting the party. Yeah. Every time you cast any kind of magic, it causes, like, an apocalyptic hurricane and levels that part of the setting. I, I think we've answered these questions. Yeah. So, if you have a question, you can email probablybadpodcast at gmail.com or message probablybadrpgideas on Tumblr or badprobably on Twitter. If you want to support us and get access to a Discord server, as well as bonus episodes and homebrew, you can go to patreon.com slash probablybadrpgideas. Um, and if you want to listen to my actual play, it's called Tales of Morterra, and I'm going to put a link in the description since we mentioned it. We can't promise Matt Mercer is in it, but strictly speaking, we can't say for sure he won't be. Um, I, I guess technically. And, and remember to have a probably, probably bad day. Bad day.